0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: And welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. And before we begin the show, I want to send out a special thanks to my friends in Ireland. Every show, it seems like, of all the 17 countries, you're rocking it. So thank you so much for what you're doing. You're real pioneers in Ireland for spreading news quality of life for people with disabilities as are all of you it's i so appreciate every country that listens and hi mark hi mark what a great company they are they have been the lead sponsor of the show for the past two years um i just embody everything that's good about quality of life for people with disabilities thank you so much and earlier this year we had a sponsor, um, AudioI, And, you know, we appreciate whether you're a sponsor year-long or for one quarter. Thank you so much, AudioEye, for being a sponsor of the show. And Yoshiko, Yoshiko Dart. You know I won't forget about you. So, Spe- special, special shout-out to Yoshiko. Well, this show today very important to me for several reasons. First, I think so highly of Achieva. um, And Steve Sorovic, I've known for quite a while. He's a wonderful person. And Dave Tinker is their vice president of advancement. Uh, And I myself was on the board of Achieva located right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But today... Before we go through everything about Achieva, I'm sure if you're uh, tuned in to the news nationally that you did not miss, sadly, the massacre that occurred in Pittsburgh um, at the Tree of Life Synagogue only two weeks ago. It seems like much longer ago. And... Wait a, is that right, Steve? Was it about two weeks ago, or was it longer than that?
2: October 27th, so a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I'm sorry. About a month.
1: One month ago. I knew there was, an, like, I want to remember this anniversary, but one month ago was the massacre at uh, the Tree of Life Synagogue, and, um, you know... All of us in Pittsburgh will never forget it, but I just want to say how proud I am to be a Pittsburgher. This city really came together. What I'm referring to is the shooting and killing uh, at the synagogue of people worshiping at that time. Uh, Obviously, a hate crime against people who are Jewish. It was terrible. And uh, m- employees of mine and friends, new people that were lost. I'm going to tell you what. Pittsburgh so came together as a community. And they're still not stopping. And, and, you know, I'm sure if you were watching CNN, you heard about the Islamic community that paid for the funerals. That is just what makes me so proud to be someone living in Pittsburgh. But sadly... We are like everyone else that you see when a terrible tragedy happens in their city and they say, oh, we never thought something like that would happen here. You know, I'm one of the people that said that. Uh, so, uh, please, it's a time for kindness. It's a time for kindness. But there was and were two members at the synagogue Supported by Achiva. Uh, it was heartbreaking. They were two of the people that uh, perished in this attack, and that would be Cecil and David Rosenthal. I know Achiva supported both brothers, and I am sure it was really, really heartbreaking at Achiva. So, Steve, uh, we'll start with you would you mind telling us about Cecil and David and how Achieva supported them?
2: Sure. Um, Thanks, uh, Joyce, for the opportunity, and also thanks for asking about David and Cecil Rosenthal. Um, Yeah, on October 27th, uh, about a month ago, Cecil and David were among the 11 who were killed during the shooting at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Um, Cecil and David were brothers. They were both you know, the kindest men you've ever want to meet, both received services and support from Achieva. Um, both received residential services, and Cecil received uh, services from our employment program. When the shooting took place, um, you know, David and Cecil were doing what they enjoyed. They were, they were two men participating and enjoying their community. The Tree of Life Synagogue welcomed David and Cecil as valued members of their community, and for that, we're, we're very grateful. Um, David and Cecil lived the kind of lives we all should aspire to. They embraced life. They embraced family. They embraced their community. And in return, they were embraced. They were valued. They impacted everyone who came uh, into contact with them and got to know them. Um, you know, the community, you know, you asked, you were, you were kind of talking about the community response. You know, I... From my perspective, um, as tragic as the situation is, the, the community response has been, I think, inspirational. achiva um, <coughs> has received numerous uh, sympathy cards, emails, notes of condolences, most from people we haven't ever met. Um, in addition to the notes and cards, we've received an influx of uh, donations uh, made to Achiva in Cecil and David's memory. Uh, Well over, I think it's 450 individual donors have made a contribution totaling nearly, you know, $50,000 so far. Um, The Achieva's, the the Board of Trustees has uh, created a fund in Cecil and David's name, and all donations received in their memory will be placed in that fund, and the fund will be used exclusively to support people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to engage and participate in their community. Um, you know, whether it's getting a job or attending a faith-based service, or, or simply just doing something recreational, um, we've named it the Cecil and David Rosenthal Memorial Fund, and it's going to be available to help people with disabilities live the kind of lives uh, David and Cecil enjoyed. Um, you know, details about the fund are still being worked out. We're working with the family, um, David Cecil's uh, family, um, to make sure they're able to you know give us their thoughts and input on how the funds ought to be used, but. Um, you know, that's that's in development. You know, our sympathies go out to the family. You know, they've been through such, you know, such a terrible um, month. Uh, we grieve with them. We achieve a grieve with the family, and we, we just want to be there for them. So, um, you know, thanks for asking about David and Cecil, but, the, you know, the community response has been really inspirational.
1: And so these were two men. They both had intellectual disabilities. Uh, and just to make sure our listeners understand what Achiva did for them what did you do for them
2: well we they both lived in a in a residential uh, home which which uh, Achiva uh, operated and so we you know they they essentially lived their life in the community in in one of the homes uh, operated by Achieva, we also helped them get into the community. We uh, helped Cecil with an employment program so that he had uh, meaningful work every day. And so it was—it was really our our mission it was really, really to help help uh, David and Cecil live the life that they wanted to live, and the um, the impact to the community and the the reaction of the community really. I think with a demonstration that that David and Cecil's lives were really the embodiment embodiment of our mission, because we just we want to help people live their lives the way they want to live them, and um, the community really embraced David and Cecil, and um, that's really what you know our services and supports are all about. So it's really obviously tragic, and um, you know it's, we, we grieve you know with the family and the community um, about this tragic loss.
1: You know, um, Dave, what I want is I want people, now that you've told me about this, to make a contribution uh, because once again, if you're listening to this show, uh, you just can't imagine how everyone came together because we were heartbroken. I mean, I, I still remember I was in Whole Foods shopping, and my uh, assistant called the person with me, wondering, where am I, and wanted to tell me this. At the same time, I see people leaving the store, running around, and someone that works there uh, called me over. She was a cashier, and she had the computer up showing me what was happening, and we were all crying. I mean, it just... Hall and it still is. It's not as if, okay, you know, it's been a month. We're forgetting about it. Um, You know, we'll never forget about it. But uh, with Mr. Rogers' whole philosophy of life, we are using this. We will move forward and do something good. So, Dave, um, is this in operation now, like someone listening to the show? Would they be able to make a contribution to that fund
0: Absolutely, uh, and all an individual would have to do is you can give online uh, through our website. It's www.achieva.info, and click on Donate, and you can donate on the donation form, and in the in Honor or in Memory of section, just add David and Cecil's name, and all of the funds collected through that will go into the fund that we created for them, and that's what everybody has done so far. Um and Joyce, you know the the, um, the the board created this fund mainly,
2: mainly because we we did not ex- we did not anticipate or expect any you know any donations really. We obviously it was a tragic situation, and all all of a sudden we, we started receiving checks. And and you know Dave, you could account for we we've, we've been receiving them from just about every state in the union. I think it was three or four different countries Absolutely. that we've been receiving them. Yes, the, we did not anticipate this, but because it was such a nice gesture by all these people, we had all of a sudden we had this money that had come in, and the board decided because it was in uh, it was given in David and Cecil's memory that we needed to protect it and really make sure that that money goes to support other people with disabilities um, to really help them live the kind of lives that David and Cecil uh, lived.
1: Yeah, that is wonderful. So, once again, if you're listening, I know this impacted the world. You know, the grief, the just, this was the most horrible, horrible massacre to impact the Jewish community ever sadly, right here in Pittsburgh when this happened. So once again, uh, what is that website again if someone listening decides they want to make a contribution?
0: Sure, it's www.achiva, which is A-C-H-I-E-V-A dot info.
1: Well, do it if you're listening. Great. I hope you'll do it. Um, yeah, I hope so
0: too. Thank you.
1: Yeah, also, uh, so you've received these wonderful things from the community, but you also received some not-so-good calls. Am I right about that?
2: <clears throat> um, that's true. We, we I don't like to really focus on that, but we, we did get a few phone calls af- after the, the initial um, uh, media reports had gone out that, that we had supported them um we uh you know we we had voicemails left um kind of vile voicemails we we alerted the law enforcement and and they were very cooperative and they 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 uh made some visits and i think they took care of the situation let me let me put put leave it at that
1: well <clears throat> thank goodness that was very small what happened but I'm gonna tell you why I'm bringing it up we all have to be connected we all have to be connected and we all have to support a group like Achieva because these things do happen there are some people out there that are um have hatred in their heart towards specific groups. So we all have to band together because love always, always overpowers hatred. But that's why I wanted to bring that up in supporting Achieva. So now that we've talked about all this, Steve, what is Achieva? And could you share with our listeners some of the main programs? Sure.
2: Um, thank you for that. The Achieva I think at its core uh, is, is an advocacy organization. We we do provide services and supports, um, but but when when we were founded, uh, close to, close to 70 years ago, we were we were founded as an advocacy organization. We Achieva started out as, as an ARC chapter, uh, ARC chapter. It was it was the ARC of Allegheny County. Uh, changed its name about 20 years ago to Achieva. We're still. Affiliated with the ARC, um, so the, for your listeners who are connected to the ARC movement, we, we are an ARC chapter and proud of that. We, we started out as an advocacy organization and we're still an advocacy organization, um, but, but we've, we've grown over the last uh, 60 or 70 years and, and we've, we've developed services and supports that people need, people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families. We've uh, developed programs and services that they need in order, order to live their life. So, for example, um, we we run a we run an early intervention program which 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 helps helps infants and toddlers with with uh, developmental delays get, get services and, and supports and treatment to, to really uh, um, get ahead of their the delay and their disability so that they can they can uh, be on a good trajectory in life to to embrace uh, um, preschool and, and school age programming and be in, included in in regular education typical education program, just, just like anybody else. So we run an early intervention program, we, we offer employment services, so w- what that means is we, we help people with disabilities get and keep jobs, and, and our focus is, is in, in the community, getting competitive jobs, uh, jobs that pay at least minimum wage or better, that are integrated in the community with uh, typical environments and, and other folks, and that's, that's a really important program of ours. We have something what we call community participation services. So, so if, if working in the community is, is something you, you either don't want to do or uh, for some reason are, are uh, more challenged than other people to be able to do that, you just want to be able to get into the community and enjoy life uh, in society like anyone else, we'll, we'll help you do that. We, we have residential services, so, so we help people find homes. Sometimes they're, we're, we're helping them find homes of their own, and we we help help them find the home, help them uh, uh, run the home. We we bring support services and personal care services into the home to to help people live their life. Maybe we help them cook their meals or um, help them do laundry and things like that. Or we sometimes we we have a home that that Achieva owns, and and people will live there and we'll we'll operate the home and run it and make sure people are are are. Uh, you know, being able to live in a community in a in a healthy and safe environment. We also um, have something called the family trust, which is is not not every organization like ours has has a family trust, but 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 basically that's that's a operation where where people and loved ones can can place their their money and and protect it and preserve it so so that their loved one with a disability can take advantage of that money throughout their life uh, for things that they need. And it's, um, by virtue of it being in the trust, it, it, it makes it available to the person, but, but it protects the person from being or becoming ineligible for public help and, you know, such as home and com- community-based services or health care. So, we, we like to say that we, we provide lifelong services from, from, the, from, the, from the minute someone's born through, through every, every stage of their life. And... An umbrella over everything, again, is you know foundational to our organization. Is really the advocacy and and family support. We really we really believe in in being there for people when they have questions, when they're running, um, trying to navigate the public system, and being very confused because it's it's not crystal clear what what the system has to offer, or, or perhaps their their school wants to segregate the the child into a segregated class. They can call us, and we can advocate on their behalf to make sure that their their uh, young person is, is included in public education um, as much as is possible. So we're, we're there for people with disabilities. We're there for their families, and, and we like to uh, consider ourselves a community resource for, for everybody, um, for the disability population, and really to include people with disabilities. Uh,
1: and that is wonderful. Again, you can go to the website, Uh, and see so much that Achieva does, and Achieva is a force in this region. This is not a small organization, so, you know, I hope that you will uh, follow the great things they are doing. So, Steve, I've known you for quite a while here. How did you first become involved in the disability community, and also, because Steve is the president and CEO, just want to make that clear, president and CEO of Achieva. Um, Also, if you could share with our listeners your role with the intellectual development disabilities, IDD, at Rehabilitation and Community Providers Association. I mean, he could do so much more uh, because he's done so much more, but I'm just highlighting on those two things. So first, how did you get involved in the disability community?
2: Sure, I, I, I think, I think like most people who, who, who get into this field, get into it because of a family member. I, I was the youngest of seven. Uh grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, and my, my, my one sister had had developed uh, multiple sclerosis um, at a young age, so she didn't have intellectual disability, but but she she started developing symptoms of of MS in in her teenage years and. And I was I was a couple years younger than her, and I I, I went to school with her in high school with her, and sort of grew up with her. And I I watched how how this condition uh, worsened over time, and how 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 her disability manifested in different ways, and how society's you know society had had placed barriers in front of her. Not you know she was the, the of course the disability presented challenges to her, but 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 the disability didn't pr- present barriers to her, but. Things that the society had built up, and such as you know, sidewalks and you know, stairwells and things like that, um, made made living life really really challenging for my sister. And I, I guess, I guess I, I observed the the changes that she went through. My my mother became her advocate, and I guess I I just sort of became an advocate after that, watching the things that she went through and the things that she needed, and and that that were not available to her. This was this was back back in the 80s be, before we, we had a lot of a lot of the home and community based waivers that that the public system now pays for a lot we didn't have curb cuts back then we didn't have the ADA back then the Americans with Disabilities Act we you know everybody was sort of on their own and and I I just sort of became an advocate for her and as I got into the professional world I I just sort of gravitated towards Either public policy or government programs or nonprofit advocacy be, because that was really my interest. And um, I really wanted, I basically found myself doing a lot of things, uh, advocating for things that my sister needed. But, you know, the benefit of that was that, that a lot of people needed the same things. And so even though you were working with one person and, and thinking about one person, you were really helping, helping more people on a sort of a macro level. And that kind of was a springboard into getting into the disability world. Um, my, my, you know, you asked about about the the uh, Pennsylvania Rehab and and Community Providers Association. <clears throat> that, that was that was my job before I came to Achieva. That there, I I basically was doing doing what what I just kind of just described. I I was it was it was kind of like a government affairs, uh, public policy, advocacy role where where we would we would represent organizations with uh, with. Um, you know, service uh, providing services to people with disabilities, and we we'd understand the government regulations. We'd understand government funding. We'd understand some some of the issues that that providers like Achiva were going through, in terms of finding qualified uh, workers uh, that would be able to do a good job and would be able to stick around and 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 work with people and do do good work. So those were kind of the challenges that that providers like Achieva were going through, and and, and my role at at RCPA was was really to understand those needs, um, advocate for them, uh, either on Capitol Hill in Harrisburg or Capitol Hill in Washington, or the executive branch, and and really try to try to influence regulatory issues to make sure that that agency that had to had to live by these regulations and had to live by the funding that that the state. Was, was paying um, that that they understood the needs of the provider community. So um, that was you know I could like you said I could I could talk about some of the other things I've done that led up to that role, but uh, that really really helped prepare me for that role and helped me uh, be prepared for the achiever role. Um, but in terms of the RCPA, that was really my function.
1: Well, and not to mention that you ran VR for the entire state. So, I mean, he has a very, Steve has a very accomplished background. So we're just really lucky to have you as the leader at Achieva, Steve. We're very fortunate to have you. Thank you. So, Dave, I'm looking at your background before this show, and wow, you have a very impressive background. Uh, and education so first i have to ask you why did you pursue a career in fundraising and how does chemical it, it, i mean like you took chemistry or chemical somewhere in your education yeah, so i have
0: a, my undergraduate degrees in chemistry and english um yeah, and I'm try- how i got I into can- it my my freshman year in college i was a chemistry major uh, only and I enjoyed working in the chemistry lab and doing research, but I got a summer internship working at a fundraising council here in Pittsburgh, who the CEO of the council was my youth group leader and Sunday school teacher growing up. And it was an opportunity for me just to work in a professional environment, and that's something my parents wanted uh, me to experience. Uh, And with with focusing on chemistry, I really thought I was going to medical school. Uh, And that was my career goal growing up, as I always wanted to be a doctor. Um, But I enjoyed fundraising so much that every summer I was off, I kept asking to work at the fundraising council. Uh, And I enjoyed it so much that instead of going to medical school, I went to graduate school for nonprofit management at Indiana University at a time when there was only a handful of choices. And now there's over 250 graduate programs Uh, in the U.S. and many more around the world Uh, but at that time there was only a handful Um, and I've been in it ever since so it's been almost 30 years I've been in fundraising
1: wow you picked a tough field
0: it is tough but it's very rewarding
1: well that's why you're doing a good job yeah because I'm looking at this and wait a minute Where did chemistry factor into fundraising? So now I know how those two things uh, fit together. Well, my first question, uh, this is extremely difficult for many, many not-for-profits because I'm on other boards. But, you know, just when you talk to people in general, it's not easy to get funding uh, when everyone else is competing at the same time. And I'm wondering, have you ever considered, you know, the small business community?
0: We have, and uh, and I certainly do. Just looking at uh, some si- simple statistics of the small business community, more than half of people work in a small business. Uh, more than half of Americans do. And uh, more than 90% of the businesses in America are small businesses. Uh, So it makes perfect sense to look there um, as part of it. You know, uh, overall, corporate giving uh, is a very important part. And, yes, some people always look to the big companies that are in your region, and that's fantastic, and they typically have resources uh, to give. Uh, But at the same time, many small businesses want to be involved, um, and sometimes they might not realize they can be involved or how to be involved. Uh, and the connections that they have, but because there's so many of them, it's important to consider them as a potential donor, as a potential constituent for your organization, and they can be a great source of volunteers as well.
1: Yeah, I really think that, uh, and I'm glad to hear that, because I think a lot of organizations have missed this. You know, <clears throat> they think of all the large companies, we know all the same ones that everyone goes to, um, and that's great because you know you need you need that support. However, there are so many mid-sized to small companies that no one goes to, and whether they donate one thousand or five thousand, hey, that's really there are large companies that only do- donate that much, and I think many places miss out uh, on that. So I'm really glad that you know that you are focusing. On that, and um, you personally, how did you get to Achieva? Well, I and, may,
0: and maybe, uh, you explain, maybe you should
1: maybe you should explain. For uh, I I'm
0: had sorry. known that my predecessors here, uh, a couple of women who both that had the the position that I currently have, uh, but I was when I first moved back to Pittsburgh back in 1997. I started working at the Blind Association here. Uh, in fundraising and and communications, and I really got to know the disability community fairly well. My wife and I both have cousins with disabilities, so it was an area that's very important to my family, and, you know, when the opportunity, I saw the opportunity uh, open up with the position announcement, and I really understood the mission and really believed in it, um, I applied, and I was fortunate enough to be selected, and I've been here for over 13 and a half years now. And typically in fundraising, a fundraiser only stays on average in a fundraising job about 18 months uh, before they move on to a new job. And the fact that I've been here 13 and a half years, I think, uh, is significant in that I really believe in the mission and the work that we're doing, and I get to see firsthand uh, how impactful it is. But at the same time, I'm also very happy that I'm able to connect the donors with their want to give, their need to give. Uh, And so the beneficiaries are, of course, everybody that are served by the programs that Achieva has.
1: Yeah, you're right. That is uh, a great testament to you that you've been there that long. That is really uh, awesome. What all do you do in your role, Dave?
0: Well, I oversee all the fundraising and communications here, uh often I, I do a lot of prospect research, so I identify potential donors, and I try to in- identify the needs, the links uh, and abilities and interests that they have potentially in our organization and the programs we have. Uh, I, I work on planned giving. Uh, when we did a big capital campaign that ended a few years ago, I oversaw that as well, and that was a main focus for a few years for m- my position, uh, and uh, we we do a lot of different work on grants and obviously working with companies and foundations in the region. Southwestern Pennsylvania is very different in the fundraising community in that we have so many great big foundations here and even small ones. And because of that, there's a more emphasis on fundraising from foundations than any other metropolitan area. Uh, but at the same time, I also get to meet and work with donors <clears throat> and try to thank them and not just ask them for money, but actually steward them and teach them about the different programs and opportunities to give, but also demonstrate how the funds have been impacting the families and the individuals that are being served.
1: Well, you know, excuse me, when I talked, I was on the board of Achieva, and one thing that I was always so impressed with is the trust fund, and even when I talked to other people about Achieva many people know about the trust fund. I wonder if you could explain that great program to our listeners.
0: Well, people are able to, to give to the uh, Achieve a Family Trust um, for individuals. And it's not necessarily for the programs that we have, but it's, you know, Steve mentioned it's a way to protect assets for individuals with disabilities. And we have uh, families that start funds that as small as $500, and some that are in the seven figures. But people can donate towards the the individual funds for the individual so that money can potentially grow, um, and it can be there because we have some that are families that have children with disabilities, and they set up the fund now so that the money can grow as the child grows, uh, and they can donate into it each year. Uh, But the money can be withdrawn and given out to others. Are given out to the individuals with the different um, needs that they have. Yeah, yeah.
2: That, program, that, that program. Just yeah. uh, we, we were just um, thinking about that, and we 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 are celebrating the twentieth anniversary of that of the fam- of the Achieva Family Trust. It, it it started out with with one beneficiary. I think the amount of money that was deposited was twenty five thousand dollars, and it has since grown. Um, uh, I think now we have close to $120 million under management with over 2,000 uh, beneficiaries. So it's, it's um, and again, that, that, money is, that money is not achieved as money. That, that, that money is, is put into an account and protected for the individual. So, so when, when Dave talks about putting money into these um, accounts, it, the money is basically being, being put into an account for, for the loved one and we are the trustee, we're protecting it, and, and we, are, we, are, we are the ones who, who enable the money to come out when there's a legitimate need to support the, the person with a disability. So, so it's, not, it's not we're putting the money in, it's being protected, and you know, the family is taking it out for whatever they want. We, we're entrusted with, that, with those funds, and it's our job to make sure that that money only goes out uh, to support the person with a disability for legitimate needs and, and it's, again it's a good way it's a good way to protect um, assets so that so that the individual can continue to be eligible for you know critically important um, supports and services that the, the public Medicaid program um, would support I mean some you, you know some people may say well if they if they have money they shouldn't be eligible a lot, a lot of, of times this this money won't this money would just be spent very quickly if they didn't have access to Medicaid and Medi- and, and home and community-based supports and then you'd be right back at the at the at the in line for, for public support. So what this really does is is augment and supplement um, the sort of the foundational supports and services that the public system offers, and it enables the, you know an individual to be able to, to tap into those resources um, for things that they really need that maybe the public system would not have otherwise covered.
1: Oh, it's such a great thing. It really is. Um, I, I just think it's so awesome. And again, go to the website. Uh, what is your website again, Steve? What's the website?
2: www.achiva.info. Um, so it's Chiva A C H I E V A dot I N F O.
1: Achiva.info uh, dot org.
2: No, that's, the info is the org. So it's oh, that's, okay, that's,
1: okay. That's that's O-R-G, yeah, okay. It's actually so, one more time, so I don't confuse people.
2: Okay, www.achiva.info.
1: Okay. Um, Steve, something you and I have talked about before, and especially with your background uh, running the state VR in the past, is the terribly high unemployment rate of people with disabilities. But it is even worse for people living with intellectual disabilities. As a matter of fact, you know, so many times when I talk to people, they'll even say, do you have any ideas? do you have any jobs, do you have anything that, you know, you could find for someone with an intellectual disability because we can't find anything anywhere and people talk about this problem nationally. Uh, I wanted to ask you: Do you have any ideas at all about a pathway forward? Um,
2: yeah, it, it it's one of these things where it's just a uh, uh, a challenge that that isn't seems doesn't seem to go away, but but we need to keep keep uh, chipping away at it. You know, you obviously you're you're a leader in this field, and we you know we applaud the work that um, you do at, at your uh, organization. We at Achieva also try to to support people uh, to get to get and keep jobs. Um, at when when I was when I was at the at the uh, Pennsylvania Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, um, we you know that was our sole mission was was to help people with disabilities get and keep jobs, and and obviously I learned a lot while I was there. And and some of the things I learned um, was that you really need you need to kind of take take a take a take a two fold approach. One one approach is is really looking at the individual, and, and it's like anybody. It's, and it's it's nothing really special about people with disabilities other than they they have such a low uh, employment rate and a low labor participation rate. But but in order to to in, move the needle on it, I think. I think we we are looking at two approaches. One approach is really looking at the individual and saying, you know, do you want to work? Most people do, so you know, check that box. And then we we start working with them and and start saying, what what is it you're interested in? What are you, what are the things that you're good at? What what may be some of the challenges that that may prevent you from from doing a good job in a particular uh, occupation? Because because we want people to succeed, and so so it's very very important to to work with the individual a lot up front and really get a, a good sense of what, what they're interested in and what they're going to be good at, I I think it's, I think it's true for everybody. You, you get put into a job that you, you don't like or, or you're not going to be able to do well, and you're, you're not going to do well and you're not going to like it and you're, you're not going to thrive and you'll either quit or get fired. We want people to thrive and we want people to succeed. So spending a lot of time up front helping them figure out what they want to do, what they're interested in, what they're going to be good at, what some of the challenges are going to be, and just sort of being upfront about that, I think, is going to help um, help that person find a job that will make them successful. And the other thing we can do is is something called customized employment. And the best way I describe that is is typically you you get a you get a job you get a job off the off the rack. Like you know, it's like it's like buying a suit. You go to you go to the you go to the you go to the men's store or the clothing store, and you you buy a suit off the rack. And and you either like it or you don't, you either buy it or you don't. A customized approach is when, when you take the individual with a disability, you find out what they're good at, what some of the challenges may be, and you go to the employer and you say, what are your needs, employer, business? What, what kind of tasks do you need done? And then we, we can find a person and tailor the job description to both meet the business's needs as well as um, make sure that the person who's filling the job is going to be able to do it, and and you craft job descriptions based on both the needs of the business and the skills and abilities and interests of the person. It's time intensive, but but we believe doing that one person at a time will will increase the odds of of succeeding in, the, in the, both the person wins and the business wins. The other approach that I mentioned earlier, so this is more the individual approach, the other approach is really really looking at, at the business as a customer. I, I think that's, that's an approach that has been um, heretofore not really um, uh, done well or done aggressively. I, I think it, take, it requires sort of, sort of a philosophical shift in, in the minds of, of a lot of the human service people that are in our field. In, instead of going to a business um, and saying, please hire this guy, sometimes that comes across as charity, and this is not about charity. This is about meeting a business's needs and providing a service. So if you go to a business and say, in a macro sense, hey, we, we, have, we have access to a, to a large group of people who are largely an untapped labor pool, and, and we can meet your business needs. We can meet your labor needs. How can we, how can we help you do that? And if the business is you know open minded enough to to maybe think a little differently and, and 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 go in a new path to find to find qualified uh, um, able workers to to fill labor needs, they they might be able to work with you and they embrace the the idea. And in, in exchange, you work with them and say, okay, what do you need? I can deliver. You know, I can give you 10 people, I can give you 20 people. It's sort of the opposite of the individualized approach, but, but it's, a, it's a, an approach that, that can be very effective. So, for example, we at Achieva have, have worked with uh, um, Giant Eagle, for example, and which, which is a, a supermarket chain in, in, in uh, this area. They, they have been very open-minded and very open and willing to embrace people with disabilities as, as a valued uh, component of their workforce. We go to them and we say how many people you need, what kind of job do you need. We can deliver. We can find uh, pre-screened applicants with disabilities to fill those jobs. We can help train them. We can help um, onboard them. We can help um, uh, make sure that that they have job coaches to to better understand the job and make sure they understand what they're doing so they succeed. And then if we are fortunate enough where the person is in the the job and doesn't need need us anymore, great. Uh, maybe in a couple of years, that, that person has an issue. Something happens in their life. Maybe their disability manifests in a new way. We come back. That company wants to protect their investment. They've, they've just invested in a, in a worker for for several years. They've, they've trained them. They understand the job. And all of a sudden, maybe something's going wrong. Rather than getting rid of that person, they call us or they call the Voc Rehab Program and say, we need help. We can go in there and meet that company's needs. There's there's so many things we could be doing differently if, if we would just treat the business um, as, a, as a primary customer. And some people say we have to do one or the other. You either treat the business as a customer or you treat the individual as a customer. And I say we need to do both because both, both will help people get jobs. Um, both approaches will help people keep jobs. You, you know, you, you mentioned the unemployment rate being really high. It's, the unemployment rate in the disability community is really high, but, but I would, what i would also say is the, the labor participation rate is really low. I think, I think on average, all people in the workforce is about 70%, 70% uh, labor participation, which really means you either have a job or you want a job. That's labor participation. In the disability community, it tends to be in the 20, 20%, close to maybe 30% at most. Which means only 20 to 30 percent of people with disabilities have a job or even want a job. That means 70 to 75 percent of people with disabilities don't have a job or, you know, be- people believe they don't want a job but maybe they were never asked or maybe they gave up. So I, I think part of, part of getting, getting the, the unemployment rate down, you know, the first step I think is to get the participation rate up. We have to get more people with disabilities in the workforce. We have to get them motivated and interested in the workforce, and and some of that's a, a chicken or the egg thing. If businesses were more willing to hire and were and wanted to hire and and tap into this uh, this labor pool, I, I think I think you would get more interest and you would get people who are more interested in working and that labor participation rate would go up. So there's lots of there's lots of things that we that still can be done. We you know we I would be the first to admit we, we at Achieva have not, have, have not mastered all of them, but but we are willing to try new things and we're, we're willing to work with any business who wants to tap into this untapped labor pool and we will work with them to meet their their business needs.
1: Well, you know, you mentioned about, um, and, and everything you said right on target, Steve, you mentioned about Giant Eagle. I mean, David Shapira was hiring people with disabilities, really, before anyone, and certainly people with intellectual disabilities. And I've heard him tell that story so many times that he didn't want to. He thought it was a bad idea and that then he did and he realized how wrong he was and how, you know, great the employees are. But, yeah, you're right about that incredibly high um Uh, low participation, uh, you know, 70% not being part of the workforce is terrible. It Mm -hmm. it really is. Uh, So, Steve, what are your plans for 2019 at Achieva?
2: Well, um, right now, uh, this may sound boring to to your audience, but we're, we're going through a strategic planning process. We we're coming up at the end of every organization every good organization has a strategic plan, but we, we have one and we're we're coming up on the end of it. So we've we've been embarking on a uh, on a new plan. We're we're doing a lot of outreach, talk to people with disabilities, their families, we're talking to businesses, we're talking to other community groups, stakeholders and we're saying what what's going on out there, what what should we be doing more of? What should we be doing less of? What what unmet needs are there that that, that Achieva could get into to, to help help people with disabilities live, live better lives and live everyday lives like everybody else. So we're going through that process. If, if I had a crystal ball and I wanted to look forward, I would say a couple things, um, probably three things I'd say. We, I, I just talked about the, the business um, um, approach to, to employment for people with disabilities. I, I really want to get in, more into help, helping businesses Meet their labor needs with people with disabilities, and just sort of being that go-to resource for them. That's something we we probably will be developing over time. Another thing I think uh, that's really important. We talk a lot about employment. We talk a lot about community participation, but but if you can't get there, um, you if you if you don't have a if you don't have a ride to get there when, when you want to go, uh, I'm I'm not going to knock the public system, but but when you have to call a system and say I need to get to the store, and they say well, we'll be there in his two-hour window, um, it kind of feels like the cable guy, you know, well, okay, maybe I need to be there now not in two hours. So I, I really think we, we need to be developing and working on solving the, the transportation issue and, and making sure that people with disabilities have the ability to get from point A to point B when, when they want to, um, not, not when the system, quote-unquote, um, will get them there. I think I think you you're, you know increase the employment numbers for people if they can get to their job on time every day. Um, um, I, I think the labor participation rate would go up if if you had that transportation uh, service. So I think you know again business of the customer transportation uh, needs, and I think just in general we we're likely to be looking at um, sort of a, a philosophical shift, um, not so much in terms of theory but but, in terms of uh, practice and outcome, when it comes to person centered planning i I really think if if we're going to be a service agency that that really wants to meet the needs of people with disabilities and their families, we need to do a better job of, of really paying attention to what is it you want, what is it you want to be, what is it you want to do what what are your needs and what are the challenges that you face and and we will work with you to to Figure out a way to, you know, get around it or get through it or find an alternative approach. I, I think our peop- I think people really want to be listened to more um, and really take, uh, really have an individualized approach to the service needs that they have, um, as opposed to saying, well, here's what we do. If you if you don't like it, you know, go down the road and find someone else. Now, I'm not saying that's what we do now, but I, I just think we, you know any good organization really has to constantly be looking towards. Fine tuning and improving its customer service and trying to think of new ways to meet people's needs. Um, And I I think 2019 is really an opportunity for us. I I really do see it as as an opportunity to really um, look at our service uh, service system that we currently have, look for better ways of doing things, and and look for new ways of doing things so that we can be even better um, next year and the years after.
1: And I know you will. I know you will. Uh, Dave, in your area of work at Achieva, what mm-hmm. what are you proudest of over the past year?
0: Over the past year, I would definitely say um, building up the team that we have in advancement and making our materials more donor-centric. And what I mean by that is that uh, we make the information that we share, whether it's newsletters or emails, um, more about the person on the other end. It's about the donor, it's about the constituent, uh, and it's not necessarily about the organization. Uh, and that's a, that's been a way to bring more people into the organization, both as donors but also just feel more connected to the work that we're doing. Um, and we continue to build on that. and i'm I'm very excited for the next year as we continue to utilize that in addition to additional tools that we hope to use. Uh, to continue the communications that we were doing.
1: Now, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, Steve, what message do you have for our listeners today?
2: Um, You know, um, it's an interesting question. I I am just so proud and happy to be at Achieve. I, I joined Achieve about a year ago. So, I'm coming up on my one year anniversary um, af- after, as you know, Marsha Blanco had been in this job for nearly thirty nine years it was It was very difficult to come into the job after uh, an icon like Marsha, tough uh, big shoes to fill. Um, and I you know a year later, I'm really, really happy that that i, I uh, came to Achieva. the The organization is strong, the executive team is strong our 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 values are solid. Um, we we really you know, some of the things that, that some of your listeners may not really think about in terms of mission, vision, values, they are so critically important to an organization. And, and what I have found after being here a year is that um, the organization has been developed and um, strengthened over the last several decades to the point where we really have a good, strong organization. And you really need a strong foundation to move forward. And so, you know, my message to people is is if you have a disability or if you or or if you have a loved one with a disability and, and you're you're you, you don't know where to turn, we, we have advocates that can help you. If if even if you don't want to use our services, that's fine. We'll we'll our advocates will help you. That's what their job is. We are there for people with disabilities, we're there for the families. And um, if if you have any questions, if you have any need whatsoever, Please feel free to give us a, a, a call, give us an email, um, and we, we will try to help you. And if you decide to go somewhere else, we completely understand and appreciate that. We want people to make their own choices, and we're just here as a community resource uh, to help as many people as we can.
1: Well, thank you so much, and thank you for both being with us today. I end every show with a quote, and today that quote is, Character not circumstances, makes the man, said Booker T. Washington. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week